All right, guys. So for this podcast, I have Mark Harley on. He is an actor, writer, and a trainer, and an overall badass. Some people on Instagram are going to say he isn't the buffest guy on there. And to them, my voice just cracked because I'm a pussy. <laughs> but to them, hey, fuck you. Mark is the fucking Arnie of Instagram, you bitches. <laughs> but I, I, I want to say this in, in regards to the podcast that we just had. Uh, we talked about a shit ton of things, though, <laughs> like in all seriousness now. We talked about the school education system. Um, we talked about, like, basically the herd mentality. We talked about the COVID vaccine. Uh, <laughs> I probably shouldn't have talked about that. I don't know if Apple or Spotify will reprimand me for that because I know they've been doing a lot of shit to YouTube. But, hey, oh, well, fuck it. I don't give a fuck here. Um, just a bunch of shit, I guess, about how the, the fitness industry bullshits a lot of a lot of crap and just overcomplicates it just so you can buy their program and all this bullshit, you know. But overall, it, it was a really good podcast. I really enjoyed it. it. It was an honor speaking to Mark. And one of the things that I noticed and admired about him was that whatever he speaks, he speaks it with intention. And it's very thought out rather than speaking shit out of your ass like yours truly, a.k.a. me. Um, so that's something I really admire and that I, I eventually want to pick up on on my journey to being a man. Um, but, yeah, I, I really do hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Here you go. Have you ever thought about creating like your oh. own podcast? I would love to. <clears throat> um, and I hope to do that relatively soon. I just, uh, you know. Actually, somebody offered to help me, and that's going to be a huge thing. Like, they're like, hey, you should do a podcast. I can help you. I'm like, perfect, because the barrier to entry of just being, like, figuring out the first few steps and putting something together that looks like a professional product is, you know, that would be, like, the thing that I would procrastinate on. I know. I feel you. Hey, man, honestly, like, I got you. If you need help, too, like, whatever my dumbass can assist you with, I got you, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, I I have a guy who offered to help. Um. But it would be interesting to talk to you more about it, like, just as far as, like, as somebody who's probably in the same boat as me, mm. like, what, you know, what were your own hurdles? You gotcha, know? yeah, yeah. So. What are you thinking about yeah. doing, like, a like a podcast? Have you thought about that recently? Yeah, I would love to do just my take. <clears throat> um, at least start with something that would be self-contained, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I would love to interview people eventually, but I kind of have a different, like, I would like to do it with like a YouTube channel or whatever, or have like clips that I would be able to talk about things like my areas of, of interest, like mm. movies, politics, MMA, Sick. Um, you know, and just, just general current events. I think uh, something like when I watch like Chris D'Elia's podcast, for example, mm. and he can kind of like, he does, he talks about everything himself, but it's, you can break it up into discrete parts. So I can be like, mm. or, or fitness, for example, like I don't, you know, I love fitness and I love talking about working out, but I'm, not necessarily somebody who wants to like make my whole thing about that, mm. you know, because I think it's sort of relatively boring, yeah, yeah <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. to make like an entire identity out of like working out. I don't think people like even if people do want to see me work out, I just feel like my only message is like it's probably simpler than you're making it out. To oh, me, God. Know? So it's like it's not showing you for who you really are in short. Right. Yeah. I, I feel like working out is just a part of my life and I like to encourage people to do that i have a lot to say about it but Mm. i just if i look at it like i just do too many other things i have too many other interests that i don't like to me it's just a part of my life that i really enjoy and Mm. i have a certain message but like i don't 
necessarily want to be like trying to make money off selling people diets and programs. Yeah, and yeah. This kind of stuff. Like I understand that could be a lucrative business model or try to get supplements or whatever, but it feels disingenuous to me because most of my advice on fitness would be like, don't buy the supplements. Like, <laughs> right? Eat whole foods. Yeah. Like, eat, buy protein powder, but beyond that, you don't need a pre-workout. You don't need fancy shit. You don't yeah. need all the things that the fitness industry is trying to sell you, yeah. you know, as necessary. Um, and, you know, even with regards to working out, a lot of people make it too complicated. You can go on YouTube right now and look up, you know, whatever, a list of 10 exercises that you could probably use for years without anything mm-hmm. different that would get you jacked, you know, mm-hmm. just, the, just the basics. So, Gotcha, gotcha. That's actually really good advice for the people that are, I guess, that are looking for, like, quote-unquote quick fixes. Just fucking stick to the basics. Just do what's needed. Just get that fucking yeah. protein intake. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. So, I'm still working on it. Bro, man, dude, I was a fucking fat shit a year ago. Be Like, right this, like literally a year ago, I was, like, 260. Now I'm, like, at 195. So, like, I've gone down, and I'm, like, trying. Like, now I'm trying to build back up. But I'm, like, oh, right. my God, bro, my body fat percentage is, like, 31%. I was like, yeah. Oh. yeah, which isn't horrible still, you yeah. know, but, uh, but, uh, if you're, how did you do it? How did you lose all that weight? Um, so I was doing, I was doing cardio, um, a bunch, but I was still doing weight cause I didn't want to lose like the muscle mass I had cause I did like a dirty bulk cause I'm an idiot. <laughs> I should have just done it like uh-huh. a little, little calorie surplus, but I decided to go off the fucking rails and shit cause I'm, I'm an idiot. But I ended up doing doing weight still. Um, I, I guess um, I was going for like maybe like ten to twelve reps, and I was just doing cardio after every session. Um, and I did that for yeah. a year, and then I lost about like I guess like sixty pounds, and I'm like slowly building back up again right now. So yeah, that's amazing. Um, yeah, it's a lot of weight to lose. It, it is a lot of weight to lose. I was just pretty much eating steak for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, bro. Like that was it. Sometimes mm-hmm. like chips because I ain't shit. <laughs> But overall, yeah. like, 90% of everything I ate, like, if not higher, was, like, literally steak, breakfast, lunch, dinner, repeat, repeat, repeat. I was, I was like, dude, I'm so yeah. sick of being, like, so, like, like heavier, like, being incompetent. Like, that shit, like, pissed me off. And I don't know. You know what's really odd? Like, COVID's, like, the thing that, like, got me to become or, like, try to be better. Because before, I felt like I was complacent, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting how it, for some people – like you'll see somebody, I remember a guy who, who works at my local gym actually. So I hadn't seen him for like nine months or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the first thing I noticed is that he gained a lot of weight. He actually draw, drew attention to himself. He's like, oh, hey, I'm 220 now or whatever. You oh, know? Shit, yeah. And um, he looked like he gained about 25 pounds, which I empathize with because some people like need the routine of the gym to stay in shape or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I stayed in snack for a couple of weeks, but then I was like, I got to start doing something. Like I love going to the gym too, but I found out that like, there's a hill that I can do close by. I bought a kettlebell and just got some resistance bands and started going to the park and do pull-ups and dips and stuff. It wasn't ideal, but like yeah. you get it done. And also like, so hearing you, the COVID was your impetus for doing, for changing, mm-hmm. you know, and allowed you to, to reprioritize. But I do think like, it sounds like you've gotten a great habit of yeah. eating the protein all the time and working out and doing cardio every time. And to me, that's, one of my messages is like, don't think about any workout being crazy. You don't have to like kill yourself and feel like, mm-hmm. oh my God, my workout today has floored me. There will be workouts like that where you feel up to it. Maybe you push yourself and you feel like doing more, but like if you can get a habit where most days out of the week you're doing something active, mm-hmm. that's really good. That's going to lead to better results, as you said, over the course of like a year. Mm-hmm. 
right? Yeah, it, it took me a while. Just, I, I was working out like every day. Like I was neglecting to rest too. I realized that after like maybe like six months in, mm-hmm. I was like, I got too addicted. Yeah. Now it's hard to like sit still. I'm like, fuck, I could just go to the gym right now. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Uh, That's another level. It's like first you kind of, you get obsessed. And then at some point you realize like, oh, I might be getting sick or I might be getting beaten down. My energy levels are dropping um, yeah. because I'm working out too much. You know, like at certain points, I've like done a heavyweight training session and like intense cardio on the same day every day for, yeah. you know, certain, you can do that for a while, but eventually you do need to scale back and and um, do a little bit less. That's that's somewhat hard to, to keep up, you know, mm-hmm. but that's like the next level to me is like, first you figure out how to go all out. And then you figure out how to like manage that. So you're not, you know, you're listening to your body and not burning yourself out. Yeah. Cause I was fatiguing a lot of the times, like after like some time and I'm like, that's just preventing, um, gaining more muscle. I'm like, I'm such a fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's yeah. these little basic things, you know, like that. It's like, I, I yeah. had no freaking idea. I, I like how you said that you mentioned like the, the kettlebells and, and everything that you had bought during like COVID. Were you going to any other gyms or was anything open during that time frame? There was a time where I was only going or I was only going to the park and yeah. I'd hit like, I would just set a number of like, I'm going to do, you know, yeah. maybe starting with like a hundred pull-ups. Eventually I got up to like over 300. I think the most it was like 360 where I do like six pull-ups on the minute, every minute, Shit, you know, okay. um, and, uh, superset that maybe, or do separately, like, uh, I think 660 dips in an hour was the most, which Damn, you know, like, you know, it's, it's a lot, but it's like, I'm like, it's also kind of boring, you know, like doing like 60 yeah. sets, like, like over and over and over again, kind of these sub maximal sets, but there was something satisfying about like completing it. It was yeah. just, I think you need to be comfortable with like monotony, yeah. you know? Um, and I was inspired by like this guy I found on YouTube who does these burpee workouts. He's like a military guy and he'll just do like, he'll film himself doing like 500 burpees in a row. Oh, it's pretty fuck. badass, right? But like, yeah. that's another crazy workout where you're like, oh, burpees. Like, what was the last time you did a burpee? For most people, yeah. I haven't done one in forever. And then I'm like, oh shit, this is tough. Like, do do 20 of them in a row. Yeah. Do 30, do 50, do 100, you know? So even getting up to like 100 in a row, it's like, that's amazing conditioning that you could do even if you were in a jail cell. So yeah. you just realize like, there are no excuses. If you can get out and walk outside, if you can do anything, if you have your own body weight, you can do push ups and jump squats and all these things. Like, I love to lift weights, but you know, as a second best thing, it's fine. And yes, like with it, with one heavy kettlebell, yeah. you can work your whole body. No, sure. I, I agree. I actually, well, fuck, I've never said this on the podcast. Uh, well, I'm, I <laughs> guess when everything was closing down, I was like, no excuses. Right. So I, yeah. I, I fuck, I'm an idiot. I stole a, a, a 35 pound from UFC. <laughs> And, Bad boy. <laughs> and a 45-pound from 24. I was like, y'all can suck my dick at Newsom. Yeah. I was like, fuck you. I was like, you're closing? Yeah. I was like, I'm because I'm gonna I was I was like, I know I can do like like hill sprints and shit like that, you know? And I was like, I can yeah. just improvise with the weights. I was like, I'm you know what? I was like, I don't give a shit. I was like, no, not again, bro. I was like, why I was like, I thought so I shouldn't be talking about this because they'll probably like shadow ban me or some shit, but let's talk about it because fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, I, dude, I've liked what you said about like the whole like contradictory shit about fucking um, how you how you get vaccinated and they still want you to wear a mask. What, what the fuck is that about? Yeah. And I was just, as my friend just sent me a thing um, that was like, here, let me read the meme because specifically it was in, I think the meme that I posted or, or I posted at least one screenshot of my friend who was yeah. like, Oh, you like this article and talk about the new rules for wearing masks outside? Yeah. I'm like, bro, 
bro, you're fully vaccinated. Like, what do you, when is this going to end? Yeah. I thought, like, you should be incentivizing people to go, go get vaccinated, then you don't have to wear a mask. Because yeah. who the fuck likes wearing a mask, especially as people who work out? Yeah. It's the worst. The worst oh, thing man. is, is, trying to do cardio or even even like do a set of squats and you get up <gasps> it's torturous yeah. right it's not just and it's like a pain to be asked to wear it in the store but like i get it whatever but i just feel like we've done it for a year yeah you know i, I never made a scene i never like you know even though i'm like i just uh, you like wh whatever the science is i'm not exactly sure but i was willing to play by those rules but then you're not rewarded for it by yeah. going oh and here's the light at the end of the tunnel like something like 200 million people have gotten at least their first shot like something some crazy number over half of america has now gotten over their, their first shot yeah um and we're just reaching this point where we should be like hey like by june like no mass and everything's gonna be opened up um but it's very demoralizing to yeah. be like we went through all that and we got a vaccine like i got two vaccine doses and a lot of people had side effects from it and like it or just like felt like shit for a few days or whatever yeah. um like my girl had a fever and a headache and all that stuff and I get like a headache from it. Um, but then they're gonna come and be like, oh, and you still, okay. CDC says fully vaccinated Americans can go without masks outdoor, except in crowded settings. But look, it's a step in the right direction. I think there's still, obviously they have to be overly cautious, but it just sort of defies reason at a certain point. A hundred percent. And I'm just looking. So me and Chappelle and Brendan go work out at, um, zoo culture most mornings and they've never had a mask mandate the whole time and they've oh, also never it. had an outbreak of covid that's funny right? i i don't know that that yeah. whole thing is like see like the same kind of like the same thing with florida i'm like they're chilling you know i'm like obviously there's other factors but i'm like yeah. it's shit like that i don't know man i think i think I, well i'm like sort of slight like not like crazy like alex jones conspiracy theories but i'm like kind of uh -huh. like something's up you know well, I do think the first level of like looking at, you know, disinformation or anytime you're, you're looking at not trusting people is, is um, looking at what people's various political incentives are. And I mm. think during the initial part of COVID when, when Trump was still in office was you have politicians who want to define themselves and their legacy in opposition to mm. Trump, you know, like, oh, Trump did this, we did the opposite, even though like, for example, a guy like Cuomo, yeah. I think it's so funny what's come out about him where it's like, he was painted as, as this like COVID hero when really like a crazy number of people died yeah. in New York. They actively covered up and changed the numbers. Like it's a, this enormous scandal where he, I like, I don't know how he hasn't resigned yet, but it was on top of all the sexual assault allegations, yeah. sexual harassment allegations. Um, there is this kind of dividing line. And as somebody who, who tends to, you know, have certain more liberal values i'm inclined to be like oh like i'm going to trust newsom or trust cuomo or whatever but during the pandemic i realized like a lot of them are just going i'm going to go one extreme or try to paint a narrative that oh i did this really great job while trump was just completely fucking up and i think it'll only be totally clear after it's all done when you really look back and go like what were the states that had the worst problems but while we're in the shit i just see a lot of um to me, fear mongering on the left mm. of like, you know, masks and, and just at like, what I, I walk around LA and I go, people wearing masks outside when they're like not even around anyone. Yeah. It, like, and then I feel bad because I'm like, oh, am I like offending this person or something? Yeah. You know, but it's just wild because I, I didn't get COVID the whole time. I, I, you know, I just, 
I, I think that the it was there was a lot of fear mongering in the media about like the sure young people died. I just feel like it was much less than you know what I mean. Like that the stats mm-hmm. are being driven, or even in certain areas. I live in Sherman Oaks, and like people kind of report the stat as like LA County is having this huge spike, but then you look at like Sherman Oaks, it's like ten people have you know what I mean. So it's yeah. like it's area by area, and certain you know maybe lower income areas where more people are living together. And, and have to do their jobs because they don't have unemployment, you know, whatever it was like, cause a lot of people who are in the professional managerial class can work from home on their computers and uh, still make their same salary. They don't have to leave their house to go work and put themselves at risk. So there is that divide in different parts of LA, different mm-hmm. people are working different jobs and it's gonna be like in this specific area, there's a huge spike, but you're reporting it as if like all of LA County just has COVID everywhere in the air, yeah. it's disingenuous, you know? But that makes the residents of Los Angeles more scared and more likely to click these articles. And you know, of course, it's always going to be this, mm-hmm. you know, this basic thing that you have to like look at it through the lens of the media is trying to scare me for profit. I just have to. I'm not saying they're lying all the time, but they might be leaving out certain nuances. Yeah, a hundred percent. I've always so I have a bunch. A lot of my friends are like, well, we're both in SoCal, so a lot of my friends are left leaning. But I'm always yeah. like fighting them because I'm like I'm gonna stand on on what I believe regardless. I was like, if you can prove me wrong, yeah. I'll, I'll keep an open mind. But until you actually do and yeah. you don't confront me with with feelings yeah. over facts, I'm like, well, because uh, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm preventing my family from from dying from COVID. I'm like, great. Are you gonna stop them from driving to work too? I'm like, that doesn't. <laughs> I'm like, I don't understand. You see the hypocrisy. I'm like, at, at some point, you have to let people live to cer- a certain extent, right? And I, I yeah. get it to some extent because we're trying to not prevent the the hospitals from being overcrowded. I, I'll get that. I'll give that point. But the rational hiding, the fear mongering, like you were saying, I think that's that's redundant. And, and I, I never, like you said. I never understood the people that are like they're at the park, no one's even there, and they have their mask or people driving with yeah. their mask. I'm like, you get pussy yeah. for sure, dude. Got- <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, what? <laughs> right. There's this element of like, like if you can persuade me that a rule is worthwhile to follow, that it's going to have this real world effect, that wearing a mask in a car when you're alone, that is just you following a rule. Yeah out of fear or out of obedience. And I try to not think that way. Um, just like you said, with like, I have my certain political leanings, you know, like mm. like the fact that I think everybody should have healthcare mm. brings me to the left. But but I try, I try my best to look at every individual thing in a non-tribal way. Yeah. You know what I mean, I, so I try to actively fight my notion of like, if, if there's a political divide, I will look at the other side and try to go, what is more persuasive to me? Um, because I do think, that and also i don't like i'm not somebody who as i said like maybe the stereotype of the right during covid was like these guys who are like you know like either completely denying covid exists or like going through target without their mask to make a protest like that's not me but yeah you would sort of if there if you had any skepticism (laughs) towards like the idea of like mask mandates for Mm. example um you would be labeled and categorized on the right. And I feel like there's there's more room to have a real discussion with facts yeah. um, on that particular issue. And especially now that it's just like, um, now I'm speaking out because I'm like, I don't give a fuck anymore. Like, this is stupid. <laughs> you're fully agree. vaccinated and you're, you're following a mask mandate like outside when there's no people around. Like, because that is, was the CDC recommendation up until yeah. very recently. I didn't know that. I looked at it, my friend, I was like, you know, something about wearing a mask outside. I was like, are you is, like, what? He's like, well, there is a mandate. I'm like, are you serious? And yeah. he sent me the link and it was like, you should, you must wear a mask at all times outside. Yeah. And I was like, 
are you serious? Like, it's because it's laughable to me. Right? Yeah. And I just think I'm less likely to follow rules when they don't seem to have that basic logic of, like, I can poke a hole in it right now. Why are you telling me to wear a mask outside when there's nobody within 50 feet of me? That doesn't – am I going to get COVID for myself? <laughs> I just – You're right. You're right. That's, that's the thing that, like, trips me out. It's like people – People will follow rules, but when you question it, you're the crazy person. That's what right. throws me the fuck off. I'm like, excuse yeah. me? I don't understand. And have you always been like that? Like somebody who's sort of skeptical of like people telling you what to do and you don't see the rationale behind it? Uh, me? Yeah. I think so. I don't fucking even know why, bro. I've just, I've <laughs> always like, I've always been like. No, I, I have too. And I'm saying, I think it's a personality trait yeah. that certain people, there's like these ways you measure personalities and, yeah. and part of it is like whether it's agreeableness or conscientiousness is, is two words that come to mind to describe that quality. But I'm more likely to be like, if I can't see the logic of a rule, like mm -hmm. I'm just much more likely to break it because I'm, um, I'm less reverent to like hierarchies and, and sort of like authority structures. Yeah. And maybe some people are not to the point where I'm sociopathic, mm -hmm. but <laughs> like <laughs> one step closer on that scale where like, you're yeah. going to, you know, like I'm just, it's because some people have, and you saw that it like becomes exaggerated during mm -hmm. COVID, and like you see people like who are more neurotic during COVID who are scared of illness, mm -hmm. right? Because I like, I'll play by the rules. I was, I had not an ounce of fear of contracting COVID. Yeah. Not everybody's like that, and I empathize that people have different brains in, mm -hmm. than me. I'm, I, you know, however I arrived at this point, whether I've always been like this or not, I understand that people do have fear, and that's very uncomfortable and scary for them to think of like getting a disease that could kill them. But I just like. I don't have that, and that, that affords you maybe the opportunity to think more critically, mm -hmm. you know, um, because I think in, people do want rules and, and guidelines in times of fear and chaos. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just found myself intellectually connecting with people who kind of have the same thing where, like, we can just roll our eyes, you know. But it, now it's becoming, we can, you know, it's like beyond rolling eyes. It's like, all right, can we fucking stop this charade? Yeah, you know? I, I was, I was, um, I, I, I took it semi-seriously in the beginning more so because, so I trade in the stock market. I think I saw you post something about that. I wanted to get to that later in the podcast, but I think you're trading okay. the stock market. Yeah. But um, I'm I'm so I'm really I'm really in that world. But it, during like December, before it even hit us in March, um, the yeah. government was pretty much raiding people's homes that had COVID and literally taking them away and throwing them in vans. It literally looked like a scene out of Monsters Inc. Like they were fucking wrapped in all the shit like to protect them from contracting and it was crazy like and like people were like being separated from their family it was insane man is, this, like, is this true i didn't i didn't hear anything about this oh is they this took sound? it offline which is crazy like two weeks later yeah it was fucking insane it, there's like almost no trace but i remember seeing those videos in the beginning and i was like holy fuck i was like i don't know what we're gonna get into but i think around like around like june once we got once we started getting more data i was like this is bullshit i was like mm. i uh, thought i thought it was much worse you know Right. Yeah. And it just, you know, so I think power structures, like whether it's the government or the, like the media is profiting off of fear, but also, um, like, you know, there is an element to which, um, you know, politicians always use a crisis to increase their control over things, you know, whether that's nine 11 or, or whatever, um, you know, it's the smart thing to do from their perspective mm -hmm. to increase controls because it's just, it's harder to like scale those back. Yeah. You know, if you can get somebody to give up um, a freedom, it's much harder to scale it back. Like we still fucking, you know, take off our shoes during the airport. Yeah. Right? That was something we didn't do 20 years ago, um, but it's, it's never going to go back. That's so <laughs> you know? annoying. Um, 
And so that's that's the case with all this. And I think it generally tends to be, you know, the Democratic governors, I think the, the right, uh, the conservative governors were more leaning towards like, you know, we're erring on the side of doing less. And, you know, the big issues that people have with Newsom is like, you know, that he's ramping up too much, that, you know, small businesses to the point where, again, like mm. small businesses are dying that are never going to come back, Yeah, you know? And, um, and I think there's, there's an interesting argument there that's, that I tend to empathize with. It's more of a conservative argument of like individual freedom. If people want to take the risk at some point, you have to just let them take the risk, mm-hmm. you know? And if you're that scared of, of COVID, stay inside. Mm-hmm. But that's also all predicated on the idea of like, we assume you have the information to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't, you know, necessarily consume the right information to make that decision for themselves. So I don't know. It's mm-hmm. all, it's very complicated. I can understand why people do what they do because if, you know, Newsom wants his legacy or democratic governors want their legacy to be like, see, like I, I took it really seriously. Well, Trump was like making jokes about it and not taking it seriously. I was the total opposite. And that's why I'm different than Trump and running in 2024 is going to be like this. I can be like, I was the anti, you know, Trump figure during COVID. Mm-hmm. So I think about that a lot, like where, <laughs> you know, they're, they're in their heads going, how are they going to look in 2024 or 2028 when I'm running for president? What can I say about my record? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Small businesses died, but at least, you know, we, we, we didn't have a crazy COVID outbreak. Yeah. That's insane. That's so, a, yeah. it's like, who's to say like, what's more important because at the same time, like those small business owners, Oh, this is another thing that that's been like, I, that I've been like, I guess kind of going back and forth with my friends that like, are two on the left and, and I'll fight the people that are two on the right too. I'm like, like you said, I'm not bound to one. I don't even, that's why I have like yeah. a hard thing. Like even for me, like I don't even like saying whether I'm Catholic or Christian, I, I'll, I believe in a God, but I, I can't really even label my, I don't like labels like that bind you. And then by societal pressures, yeah. you're forced to defend very, shit. Very you don't divisive. even believe. Yes. And you're forced to believe it. And I'm like, that's fucking stupid. You know, that's like, what? Yeah. It's yeah. it's like it's like me defending the USA if if we bomb Iraq. I'm like so there's no good people in Iraq, like none at all. Like I'm not gonna wholeheartedly defend us, you know. Like it's there there's good yeah. and bad in both, and you have to see them for what they are. But so I I, I guess let me ask you this as well. I, it sounds like you've been pretty distrustive of the system when you were young too, right? Yeah, and I just mean that on like a you know a, a sort of. I would like act up in class if I felt like the oh, teacher wasn't on top of the shit. But I respect like the really good smart teachers that I yeah. like who posed the appropriate challenge. I just know that I like I had not terrible, but I had disciplinary issues or like like you know would be defiant to some mm-hmm. degree. Even though I was like sort of an achiever and like did really well in sports, but it was like you know some teachers just are there mm-hmm. and have antithetical personalities to you, like a lot of teachers are drawn to the world of education to be like rule meisters, mm-hmm. you know, who are interested in enforcing rules and kind of having control and don't, you know, I could tell they don't give a fuck about me or whatever, or just think I'm stupid or, you know, whatever it is, but like, yeah. you know, you're just, I, I butted heads with certain personality types, I'd say. I do. That's interesting. Cause uh, I, I think I was like that as well, because I mean, I personally, like when, even when I was like, I was a fucking brat, bro. When I was like 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, like I always uh-huh. got into them, like, because like, I would get A's on all my tests, but the homework never did jack shit. Never. I was like, why should I do the homework if I don't need to reiterate this bullshit? So like, funny. That's I, exactly what happened to me, Lauren. Like, but I had multiple teachers who would always be like, you do greater the test, like the homework. But I'm like, I, you and I are going, but what's the point? Yeah. 
if I'm, if I can show up and do the test, like what, why is this? It's don't get me busy work. Right. Yeah. Like, so yes. certain, certain people like busy work, certain people feel like gratification and that's just a different personality type mm. and that's okay. And you can be that. But me, I never, I, it was hard to motivate myself to do things that I felt like didn't advance my mastery of something that I was actually interested in, mm. you know? Um, and that sucks because a lot of times like you'll get whatever you can even out. Cause I'll, I used to tutor kids as well. Like uh-huh. as an adult, I worked in education and I would see that like people have these narratives about themselves. Like, Oh, I'm bad at math or I'm bad at school. And it's like, then you go, well, but what specifically do you mean? And a lot of people like it really is. Oh, well, I didn't like doing homework. Like, you know, you go, Oh, you're like me where you're good at this one element, but like you're, you're, you know, a round peg being forced into a square um, opening, you know, a square peg and a round hole. Um, because somebody's looking at you and, and encouraging your strengths, they're kind of focusing on punishing you for your shortcomings. Um, and that's, uh, you know, a knock on public education as we all want everybody to be the same when, uh, you know, I meet so many kids who have different strengths and skill sets, but like, you know, teachers are often going to be focused on like the homework thing. Yeah. Or I know of like of tutored kids who like just didn't want to do homework, but I'm like, dude, fucking forget about the like. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like yeah. working like because I'd be like I've worked with like the children of wealthy you know families who like they would do anything I wanted in person. It's just like they didn't want to do the homework when I, but I'm like who gives a fuck? But the parents would like have that battle with them the whole year mm. when they get mad. I'm like you want to get mad at this kid every fucking time? They're not going to do the homework. Yeah, they don't like doing it. And plus, like you you allow them to have a computer in the room and it's a seventh grader. Like what's more interesting? the computer or the fucking, you know what I mean? Yeah. So unless you want to take away all their shit and use that incentive structure of like, you know, not letting them have anything until, until they do their math worksheet or whatever, yeah. to me, it's just not worth it. No, yeah. My, my little brother, he's like, I think he's like nine. I, I think, give or take. <laughs> but like, he's like, he's like homework yeah. or fucking a Roblox. <laughs> he's always going to the fucking computer to play like the online yeah. video games. He's just like, fuck this shit. Like, yeah, so unless you can make it as exciting as a as a video game mm-hmm. that they're into, it, that's it's impossible. Mm-hmm. You know, most adults barely have that kind of willpower. Yeah, <laughs> you know? literally, bro. So most um, most people have the willpower to just get McDonald's and call it a day. Yeah, <laughs> it's true though. Exactly. I'm just like, woo! I'm like, no, yeah, it's this it's this thing where yeah, exactly. With yeah. with diet is a good analogy because it's like yeah, everybody like people ask me about fitness like you probably know. If you're fat, it's not like you're. Like, I don't know what food is healthy or not. It's like you know you're eating shitty food. Yeah. It's just you don't have like the discipline to sit down and like take a few simple steps. I I'd like to think I can help people maybe get on the road and, and show them that it's easier than they might think or little hacks to like like get full and not feel like they're hungry all the time. But like most people know what they yeah. should be doing. You know, you know that it's better to to be active. Like when you were overweight, you you, you knew what to do. You just weren't doing mm-hmm. it. Yeah. As, as you get in a certain momentum and it just kind of, you know, can, can it feels good to eat <laughs> yeah. while you're doing it, <laughs> you know? And then you feel like <laughs> shit for the next few hours, too. Right. Yeah, that's always the thing. I'm like, you know, you'll learn eventually. And, you know, if you really want to get in shape or get lean is, is you realize that, like, yes, this, however many minutes of mouth pleasure you can get out of eating a pizza yeah. or, you know, ice cream or whatever it is that you like, candy, it's going to be far outweighed by how you feel afterwards. Mm-hmm. I you know? And at some point you just get sick of like being in a food coma. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> or, you know, feeling bloated. 
it's really weird because for me, I, I think most people are like this. I'm like, when the ball's not rolling, it's not rolling. But when it's rolling, it's rolling. It's really fucking weird. At least yeah. that, that's that's how I am. I don't I don't know about you. Yeah. I, I, that's one of the messages. Like so, uh, over the years now, I feel like because I didn't want to train people for a while. Like I trained people when I first got out of college, mm-hmm. and I had my certifications and I had my knowledge, but I think I just didn't have enough life experience to really like translate to people like my ups and downs of fitness mm-hmm. i'm in good shape now but there's times when i haven't worked out for months and you're depressed or, or even just like you have a full-time job and you're like i don't have time to work out or whatever you don't feel like doing it and it's mm-hmm. and like then the momentum goes in the other direction yeah and so one of my big messages is like you have to start the momentum going in the other direction it doesn't have to be like stop everything you're doing that's shitty and work out for two hours tomorrow but it can be like you're not doing anything let's go on a walk tomorrow and then a longer walk and then all of a sudden you're jogging, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you slowly have to like steer the ship in the other direction. But then when the ship's going in that other direction, it, you're like, you don't think about it. You want to get to that point where it's just a habit that you like, you wake up and you go work out or whatever it is. You don't mm-hmm. think about like Oreos as much. Like I look at, I go to the store and sure, like the, I know I could eat a fucking whole bag of Oreos <laughs> in a sitting, but like, I just don't, you know what I mean? It's not, I'm not like, no, I'm just sitting there drooling over it. Like, maybe you, if you're eating it every day, you're more likely to do that. Actually. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you do get addicted to foods and the only way to stop like thinking about sugar or these shitty foods is just that you have to stop at some point, mm-hmm. you know, and break the habit and, and like detox from that mm-hmm. and start to actually enjoy healthy foods like steak. Like steak is a great example of like you, you, the reason you're losing that weight is because you're, you're filling yourself up with protein mm-hmm. every day and you're, you know, and fat is okay too. I'm, you know, not a vegan or vegetarian. So like I see animal fat as, as fine, especially for the purposes of like filling yourself up mm-hmm. off a good meal. And even being full off of steak is one thing where like, I never feel like, like I used to eat keto and would eat like steak, avocado, bacon, eggs, Damn. like spinach, all in one big meal. Yeah. I didn't feel like shit afterwards. Like, yeah. but you, you know what I really feel like shit after is like if I ate a whole apple pie, but oh, like sugar makes you sick yeah you know um and gives you that headache and makes you bloated but like i'd fucking eat all that and like my poops would come out so clean i wouldn't have to <laughs> like, I, swear, you know what I, mean? like I know it sounds gross but it's like like i'm like oh this I'm is dead. this should tell you something you know yeah <laughs> that you're just you know like animal protein and vegetables yeah that's fucking it's an amazing combination wait so you know? you're vegetarian now no no i said i'm not oh. so like uh, what i'm saying is oh got you like people would argue that animal fat is bad for you or has like you know impact on your cholesterol i don't know but i like i also know a lot of that stuff has to do with like you might be looking at a uh you know a study of like red meat eaters tend to be like this and non-meat eaters tend to be like this but they're not um isolating for the variable of just meat amongst people who have otherwise healthy diets you know what i mean they're not saying like oh if you have a super healthy diet that's all greens and then all greens plus steak like yeah. this is way unhealthier it's usually just the people who eat meat also eat fries also eat yeah. candy also eat chips soda um desserts and stuff like that so it correlates mm-hmm. um but if you i believe you can get amazing results and be really healthy from eating meat as long as you have you know fiber vegetables you're not mm-hmm. overdoing carbohydrates and stuff like that um you know because that's just the easiest thing to overconsume, I think, is carbohydrates, especially in the in the world of like snacks. You go, what's the cheapest thing? A bag of chips. Yeah, know? like hot Cheetos or some shit. Yeah, exactly. So there's just a million ways to like consume a bunch of cheap carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. 
I got you. I and got steak's you. a little bit more expensive, you know what I mean? But, oh, yeah. steak's – okay, but if that's all you're eating every day, yeah. like, it's not that expensive. You know what I mean? No, I've done the math. It's literally about, like – it's like, okay, like, let's say you're going to Chick-fil-A, right? You're spending nine bucks a meal. Like, I, right. I, like if I'm buying, like, in, in, in bulk quantity just so that way, like, I'm locked in for, like, a week of steak, it, it comes out yeah. to, like, seven bucks a meal. That's cheaper than going out at the end of the day. Right, yeah. And I remember somebody was like, wow, that's, like – I was like, oh, I ate a ribeye. I ate, a, like, four eggs. I ate this. They're like, that's a $15 meal. I'm like, you hear what you just said? Yeah. Like, what was the last time you went to In-N-Out? Or, or like, any of these fast food places yeah. that, like, 15 bucks is, like, standard. That even seems low for a eating out meal. So, um yeah, exactly as you said. If you go to Costco, if you get the meat ahead of time, like that's the most expensive thing. But you can – most people, if you really wanted to, you know, you could afford to eat a high-quality, you know, piece of meat every day. And it fills you up and it tastes good. Like I, when I eat steak, I look forward to eating it. Oh, yeah, you know, me too. Like, I've never eaten a steak. I'm like, man, I regret that. It's always fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, man. And you know what the cool thing is about eating steak consistently? I – I don't know what the fuck it is, but like I feel that's like the most energized I've ever felt. Like I feel like I'm running off like clean energy. It's really odd. I've never felt like that. Like in regards to like I, I don't like to like label shit like as a diet or whatever. Like I think yeah. that's not the goal. Like but overall, it was almost like I was kind of doing the carnivore unintentionally. But obviously, I put in other shit yeah. regardless. Yeah. But like I, oh, I do think there's something to that. Mm -hmm. Like when you because I've heard Jordan Peterson obviously is a big advocate of carnivore diet that fixed a lot of his you he's know, just eating chicken right health problems um he jordan peterson was just eating steak and oh. his daughter also does the same thing he Her claims body. that it has cured his autoimmune issues but i've noticed that like um like i had no inflammation like i just because when you eat other shit like you'll just some days it'll maybe be puffy or whatever maybe you don't know what it is but a lot of times it's like from excess carbohydrate consumption mm -hmm. in my um, experience there is something to the good feeling that you're getting from I've experienced it of like when you when you pare down and you only eat like the same things and, and simple things, your body adjusts to it. And also I do think like high quality animal protein is just something that I have to imagine we evolved. We've been evolving to eat that much longer than we've been evolving to eat wheat. Wheat is a relative like it's part of the agricultural revolution, which mm -hmm. is just a blip in history. You know what I mean? Like yeah. so a lot of the processed carbohydrates that we're eating, just I don't think our bodies have evolved to like really process and, and digest them efficiently versus I think our ancestors and ancient ancestors have been consuming animal protein for a much longer period of time. And mm -hmm. so what you're saying is this something I've heard from other people. Like um, I remember there's this, um, oh, Alexander, uh, oh, he's a Swedish, um, Alex the Mahler from the UFC, the former light heavyweight okay. um, contender uh, from Sweden. And he was talking about, like, you know, hunting his own elk with Joe Rogan and, and how it's, like, the best protein. And when you eat it, like, you feel this level of, like, energy and just, like, sense of well-being that mm -hmm. you don't get. So, I, to me, I think there is merit. I don't know exactly what it is, but, like, I just think most people don't get enough protein, period, or don't make that a priority. I tell people to, like, when they're trying to diet, I always say eat your protein first, mm -hmm. you know, to get it in because then you're going to be less likely if you have a craving or something like that. Yeah. When you put in protein in animal fat in your body, most of the time you feel full and satisfied. Mm -hmm. And so you don't you don't have that hunger pain and like, oh, man, I could really go for ice cream, whatever. Like it's going to feel like it's too much because mm -hmm. you've filled yourself up and, um, you know, 
with things that your body can utilize, mm-hmm. which is protein, you know, especially if you're weight training. Actually, I do have a question. Um, aside from a calorie surplus, um, like I said, I'm 195 right now. Um, I've been taking in like 200 to 10 grams of protein. If I could bump that up to like 260, 270 a day, would you recommend that or no? Yeah, I, I, I'm somebody who advocates like at least experimenting with super high protein. Okay. Um, I think the arguments against it ha- are not very effective to me. Like as long as it's, if you're trying to gain weight, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, now it may or may not lead to a better result, but I'm saying like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I remember when I was trying to bulk up for uh, football in college, I mm-hmm. would eat, I'd aim for 500 grams a day, Gangster. which is, was double, double the body Damn, weight that I was son. aiming to be. So that's one principle. And I, and I got that from somewhere else, like this, this um, DC training method. Now it's sort of extreme. Like I don't, so yeah, I don't think you need that, but like, guess uh, what? It worked. Like I got bigger. I don't know what the minimum was that I could have taken, yeah. but I know that the maximum did not hurt me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and I'd rather see those calories, I don't know. I just think like it's, it's not dangerous. So I would say like experiment with it, slowly ramp it up. And because a lot of people who come to me and they're like, oh, I want to bulk. And I look at their diet and it's like, you're eating like a pussy, man. Like you're barely getting 150 <laughs> grams of protein. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just, I don't know what to, oh, I can't eat that much. Okay. I guess you don't want to be big then. You know, yeah, or you don't yeah. want to put on muscle because it's, to me, that's the easiest part. And, yeah. um, but it just requires that consistency again, where it's like, you can, you know, first you have to get in the gym every day. And then mm-hmm. second, like, it, you know, sometimes it can be sort of uncomfortable. I've just, that's one of the easiest things to me is constantly getting in protein. I keep these little like Kirkland brand or they're like premier protein shakes mm-hmm. that you get from Costco. They're like little canisters of premier oh, protein gotcha. shake. Yeah. Which is like 30 at a time. So I know at least like I could have two or three of those a day and you're adding that hundred grams of protein mm-hmm. in without too many excess calories from carbs and fats. I'm just an advocate of like have the shit around, make it easy, mm-hmm. so that if you're on the run, you can grab it or whatever. Like, you don't want to be like having to sit there and cook a steak every time you want, you know, a meal. That's great if, if you had that available, but if you're on the run, like you've got to have the protein bars and the protein shakes ready to just grab at any moment or like the moment you're hungry. Like I said, you're more likely to cheat on your diet or eat something shitty the moment mm-hmm. you've actually allowed yourself to like get really hungry if you're like your executive function in your brain is going to be not working as well. You're not going to make yeah. the best decisions when you're hungry, right? Yeah. Um, you're going to regret it afterwards, but you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to grab this thing that looks really good, but you should be eating protein if you're, if you're working out, you know? So if you, but you can make that process easier by having it on hand, mm-hmm. having it. So you just go, you know, yeah. taking it out of the fridge and, and just drinking it and then think about it. Yeah. You know, I think, then think about what else you want. I think it's really funny you mentioned that because I, I, um, because like I, I, I hate making excuses. Like I hate, 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 especially yeah. now because I used to make them so much before, and it's gotten to the point where like I'm sick of my own like being a fucking pussy, you know. So yeah. like now I'm like like I said minimum two hundred, and I haven't done more yeah. than that. I, but I know I can. So like it's not like I'm not I'm not like I'm like well I'm, see I'm retarded so I'm like I ain't no bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that's my mentality for a lot of things so i'm like i was debating yeah. doing more but yeah no i have like three protein bags in my car <laughs> of like protein powder i have protein bars at my home i have like a bunch yeah. at my uh, my parents house I have a like bunch. A hack. yeah yeah you're hacking yourself so like you know how your brain works you know that if you're away from that um just the moment you're thinking about what you should eat you know like a lot of high functioning like silicon valley people they're like like Mark Zuckerberg or Steve Jobs, for example, they wore the same thing every day because they're like, I don't want to devote any 
executive function resources to deciding what to wear. Yeah. When you make everything an automatic habit, then you can actually devote your executive resources to other things. Mm-hmm. And so you want to like maybe if you're a foodie and you want different things every day, and that's a huge part of your life is like food novelty and eating like amazing different food all the time. Great, mm-hmm. do that. My objective and your objective to you know be functioning optimally with more muscle and less body fat that kind of requires you to make this automatic process out of eating and that means taking away options yeah (laughs) don't give yourself the option make it easier um, or automatic to make the right choice which for us is getting that extra dose of protein in as much as possible and you can still have fun with it like i make protein pancakes Mm. and because i'm not eating just regular pancakes all the time it's like i don't even it doesn't even taste different to me i'm eating pancakes with protein and like low calorie sugar-free syrup and it tastes fine to me because i'm not i'm not eating the real shit every day so you almost forget what it tastes like yeah Yeah. (laughs) this is just the pancakes that i like um i don't think you need to to torture yourself but you do need to still make you know eat the protein pancakes versus the non-protein pancakes or whatever at least on a consistent basis Mm -hmm. um nine out of ten times um but i yeah i love the idea of like you're planting the protein in it for yourself. I'm in my car. I'm at my parents. You're like, no excuses, right? Yeah. You're taking your excuses away um, ahead of time, you know? Yeah. No, my mom so hates my mom. Fucking, my mom fucking hates me. She's like, you're not going to fucking eat with this. <laughs> I was like, nope. <laughs> Loading my fucking yeah. protein up, son. Yeah. Um, well, that's another funny thing, too, is like the way the parents react to that. I remember when I first got out of college and like, I was living with my parents and. <clears throat> I was actually trying to lose weight because I was like, I bulked and bulked and bulked for college football. And then I'm like, I don't need to be this big. Mm -hmm. You know, let me try to get lean. But your parents express love to you by cooking for you. And my mom did a lot of Italian cooking, you know, and pasta and stuff like that. It's kind of the opposite of what we want. And I would tell them, like, don't even offer me food. Yeah. They can't help it. They would never, she would have, because it's like, it's, you're saying like, don't love me. Don't care about me, you know, like they, they express <laughs> yeah. care and affection and, and love uh, to you by cooking for you or making sure that you're fed. So it's, you know, you have to be militant about like, I'm not even going to fucking smell that shit, you know, because yeah. <laughs> it is tough. When you have people around you like, no, 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 it's fine. Like it, it is easy. That's, you know, it's, it's a form of peer pressure um, that you're just going to on any, yes, on any individual night, it's not going to ruin your entire diet to mm. eat pasta or something like that. And I, I, for some people, it's good to hear that, that like, hey, look, don't like have one cheat meal and think everything's gone. But you need to not do that most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And if you're, you know, living at home or something like that and somebody's like kind of convincing you, oh, well, it's OK. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's not OK every time. Yeah. You know, it's OK once at, in, a, in a while. But um, you have to be like, you know, that's another part of my fitness message is like always be getting back on the horse. If you mm-hmm. fall off once, don't let that be the death spiral that like where you stop working out and mm-hmm. now you're eating pasta every meal and, and going completely back to your old ways. Yeah. You fall off, regroup and get back on there and just keep the better you can get at doing that, mm-hmm. you know, um, and not letting one cheat meal go to two cheat meals, go to cheat week, go to cheat month. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? That's um, actually very odd. So I, I like, I guess kind of goes back to when, when I'm, when the ball's rolling, when it's rolling, when it's not, it's not. When I have like a cheat meal, it makes it so hard for me to go back to clean. I can do it, but it, like my body's like, bitch, be a fat shit. Like get more crap. Right. It's that, so that, hard. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
because you just it feels good. no it's like it's like an addict you know relapsing or whatever an addict doesn't doesn't have one sip of alcohol and go I'm good <laughs> yeah you know yeah, yeah they're gonna get drunk they're gonna like they're gonna, you know it, it reignites something in your brain um, I've gotten better at not doing that over the years but mainly it's just because you like start to conceptualize like the pain of overeating and the discomfort of overeating even though I love to binge eat i have a huge mm. appetite and for many years even bulking for football you're kind of like as you said like the dirty bulk so many guys like justify like overeating like oh i'm dirty bulking you know yeah i'm eating eight thousand calories a day it's like you don't you don't need that yeah <laughs> you know? what that was like that's like the old school mentality is like bulk 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 and it does help like it helps you gain muscle to be in a constant caloric surplus it's just you don't need to have that big of a surplus mm. um you know, and some guys struggle with eating and even being in a surplus because they're ectomorphic and they have um, a lower appetite. It doesn't sound like that's you, you know. Oh, I I have a huge you. appetite. Huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, you have to the the you know, it, it's much more of an issue to learn how to control your. You know, we have the appetite to eat enough protein, but yeah. a lot of guys can't even get, you know, one gram per pound of body weight. That can yeah. be their struggle. You're kind of aiming for like one point five or two, mm -hmm. um, but the flip side of that is that we have to learn to control, you know, that inner fat boy. Yeah. Oh my God. That's tough. <laughs> I kind of like how you said like eating protein before you eat anything else though, for anyone that's listening, that's having any issues that is literally kind of a life hack. Like I, I, I have yeah. like such like a huge, like craving to fucking eat like chips or eat whatever snacks I have, but I'll just yeah. down like 60, 70 G's of protein in one go. And then I'm, my body's like, we good <laughs> bitch. We solid. Yeah. 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 So have that on hand. I always try to like, you know, even though it's sort of expensive to buy from like 24 Hour Fitness or, or Zoo Culture, I'll buy those like iso pure drinks that have yeah. those, like, 40 grams of protein. And yeah, and it, it's the, they have these fruity flavors, so it doesn't like you just there's so many different flavors. You can get protein however you want it, mm -hmm. any flavor you want. And I would just recommend to anybody have those on hand and get it in a flavor that at least you don't hate. Because mm -hmm. like, I remember when, when I first would get protein shakes, the, like the flavors would be it's like chocolate, but it's like shitty chocolate or shitty vanilla. <laughs> Now, they, I don't know what the fuck they're doing with the flavors, but, like, yeah. there's so many good flavors of protein. Yeah. You know, and you just have, have to find the one that you like. And having that on hand mm -hmm. is just, it's going to be the lifesaver that, like, literally the reason your brain is telling you eat chips is it, when you're starving. It wants carbohydrates. Carbohydrates going to be the quickest thing, yeah. you know, to get your brain fuel. You know what I mean? But because mm. um, protein is just going to take a little bit longer to digest and a little bit longer to convert into a carbohydrate. Um, or, or, or glucose if you need that um but you know if you can put that protein in you the craving most of the time goes away mm. you know or, or because you, you're, you'll feel full and then the moment you feel full your thought process changes yeah you know? it's like it's like after you come you know what i mean it's like you yeah. like <laughs> your horny brain is much different than the brain you have after you just busted a nut um, it's like i don't we don't have to go on this date no more <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, oh man, I don't, I don't have to eat this gallon of ice cream. I, I just yeah. I realized I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's like it's not a perfect analogy, but there is something to that of like just you know, jerk off before you like think about you know proposing to this girl or whatever. Yeah. It is. Like, get that, get that post nut you know, clarity, son. Your brain's gonna make you do. Yeah, exactly. It's like the post protein clarity. Yo, shit, that's that, that's pretty fucking good, actually. That's basically what it kind of is. Yeah, yeah, I like that phrase because there is um, 
because I mean, like, that's that's a really condensed way of, of describing what we were just describing, which is like, you get the protein, and what that allows you to do is increase your satiety so that uh, carbohydrates are less appealing, but it's post-protein clarity. Mm-hmm. That's fucking, Damn. that's a good fist fucking, <laughs> yeah, fucking fist pump, son. That shit was a good one. Damn. You're about to start your own business, pro, pro, post, post protein nut. <laughs> PPC. PPC. Oh, dude, man. La- let me ask you this. I guess going back to the, um, to the education system, I, I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of it is, is a lot of bullshit. Um, cause I mean, you can use that. You, I mean, let's say like you have. 10 years right let's say you actually get serious about your education 10 years as adults we can fucking bust a shit ton of information do a lot of work in two years genuinely yeah how is there anything in particular that you picked up during school that was like important as like a lifelong lesson that maybe stuck with you that you can think of yeah that's i think about that constantly and how um there was so much time wasted yeah. in going to certain classes that like you go, I, this could have been condensed. And even when you like, when I would start, uh, when I worked in education and did like private tutoring mm-hmm. for kids who weren't in school at all. And they decided like they were doing homeschooling. Mm-hmm. Like they would have me work with their kid for two hours a day and that would constitute a full day. Yeah. It's because it was like good. individual focus. Like we're getting through the lessons and mm-hmm. you can do that in two hours. So you're telling me the whole time I could have had a tutor yeah. you know, get me through this shit. That took eight hours and two hours because what, you know, when I think about what I actually learned in school, I did learn to write. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most important thing um, possibly that I learned. I learned how to like read and analyze a book, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I think that could have been achieved in a variety of ways. And only until I got to college did I realize I was actually like, I liked reading because before I just thought like I was imputative, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't think I'm a particularly fast reader. I wish audiobooks would have been available because, like, I would have zipped it. Like, you know, that's another. A lot of guys feel like that. Where, like, it's hard for me to sit and just do this for hours. Me but too. like, if I could listen to an audiobook while on the treadmill or working out, I would have consumed the information in a different way. Because mm-hmm. I love podcasts. I love uh, audiobooks, both fiction and nonfiction. Um, but for many years, I was convinced that I didn't like reading because the reading material sh- was shitty i wasn't interested in reading these books at this time in my life um and i know in other countries like australia they go oh if you're like a boy with adhd they'll give you like these this particular author who does these like um like action novels that like appeal to young boys more Mm -hmm. so it's like it should be you should really just be learning reading and being interested in reading and seeing everything out there like even a graphic novel for a kid Mm -hmm. you know you should be like reading is good it doesn't matter whether it's a newspaper, a graphic novel, a book, and you know, an action novel, a nonfiction book, uh, a classic novel, it could be literally anything. You just have to like get good at this. But they make it seem like, well, you have to read this curriculum in this order and these books and be interested about it. And it's like it makes you feel like, is there something wrong with me? Yeah. Um, but out of everything, it was just like the only important thing was I'm glad at some point I realized I like learning about mm. stuff that I was interested in. Yeah. But it's very possible that I could have gone that whole time and been like, I don't like learning because based on these shitty teachers that I had or this shitty experience in class, I, it was torturous, right? Yeah. And then also at some point I got into, during college, I decided to take an acting class and that was a big game changer for me where like, mm-hmm. I felt like it was something I was good at. I'm better even than these other kids who were like theater kids, you know, yeah. and I'm the jock <laughs> playing football and like, they don't want me to be good, but like my teacher knows I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I actually... But as far as like a skill, that's really the only skill that I picked up. 
and it just made me wish like fuck i should have been taking acting classes this whole time okay i feel like education should be more driven towards like teaching you a skill like a liberal arts broad education where you're learning to like a variety of things mm-hmm. is great like in theory and it's great to be educated and know um something about a lot of different topics mm-hmm. but i feel like you can learn so much like in a specific amount of time like if you know you want to go be a, like into cars or something like that mm-hmm. like you should just be fucking doing that i feel like yeah. there, we could benefit from like more vocational and i think like in other countries like uh, my wife's from germany and they do more like apprenticeships and internships like okay. that internships just it's like you want to you know she was going to be a, a um like do like special effects makeup at certain at a certain point and then oh, like sick. we'll like hook you up with somebody you know and you just like to me that's the best way to do it it's like everybody ends up in a very specific job mm-hmm. why can't we start that process earlier i know not every kid knows what they want to do but you should at least be like exposed to different environments but like because the real world is so much different than education mm-hmm. you know and i do think our education model is still geared towards like essentially like prepping kids for like factory jobs because like the initial idea of public education was like sit there and do worksheets like sit there and do repetitive tasks so that you can like in the workforce like be okay with doing repetitive tasks all day and the world has just changed so much so i I hope that there's more and now i know also these days there are more programs like learning like robotics or coding or different things that like actually have real world value to you Mm -hmm. um but look these days, as you know, you can like I want to learn how to like do a, like Olympic lifting, like cleans and power snatches. I never had a coach. I fucking learned it from YouTube videos. Fucking you know? YouTube. You can do incredible things just from YouTube. So I, I uh, there must be a mo- I don't know. I just to me it's kind of like like theaters. Like and I love going to see movies in theaters. I don't. I hope they never die. But like at the end of the day, the model has shifted where we're like you have it all at your fingertips now. And I just hope education to some degree not makes that full transition because I don't think you can fully trust kids to like educate themselves, you know? Yeah. Um, but there is an element of like, there are examples of people who do like non like schooling where it's like, you just let your kids do shit all day. Like, yeah. like, like they can choose their own curriculum and you forget that like a child's curiosity can lead them in incredible places, Yeah. you know? And they might have certain holes like, okay, you didn't, you know, like in California, you do this, um, you know, you learn about history in a certain sequence and Native Americans and, you know, the, the conquistadors and all these different things. Like, I remember like, vaguely, okay, this is the order in fourth, fifth, and sixth, <laughs> these things. Like, maybe you don't get those particular things or you don't learn math in a certain sequence, but it's like, no, I, like, math is great if you're into math, you know, and I've mm-hmm. taught math and, and taken, like, up to, like, you know, calculus in college, but, like, I ain't never gonna use that shit in my life. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, it was like it's nice to know it, and I like, like knowing that I at least had like some slightly high level math, and there's many higher levels that you can go, but like, it's just not relevant to most people's jobs. We have calculators on our phone, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I just hope that it's a long winded way to answer <clears throat> your question, but I just I I hope that we continue to be more specific and like passion driven you know that like we just encourage people to like follow what you're curious about and good at and i think there's a lot of good outcomes from there rather than forcing you know the square peg into a round hole Mm -hmm. no i i agree and uh yeah no i I think you're pretty damn on point with everything that you're saying i mean you're, you're making good points i think me i guess like i'm just like a little bit of a cynic and i'm like i i'm like i think that it was just created 
the I guess like the school education like they're not changing it to be more efficient because that kind of helps us the like the structure for society that helps keep people in right. check. So that that's like the for other sure. side. Yeah. Although I did have fun and I enjoyed like my time in high school. Like it was it was great. But like I think yeah. ultimately the goal is that that's just like on the slightly conspiracy side of me like that I have personally. Yeah, no, I agree because, and I think like conspiracy. I don't think even I even use the word conspiracy. I would just look at, as I said before, incentives. What is yeah. the incentive of a power structure is to like perpetuate that power structure, mm-hmm. and so um, having an organized society where people are sort of taught like almost more like from an from a, the power structure's perspective, teaching people to be obedient and having severe consequences for for not obedience is very important. Right. Yeah. So in school, what do you were like? No, you can't even fight if somebody hits you. Like you'll get suspended. Turn around, like, what the fuck is that? Oh you know, my god! As an example, it's like you know. So there's all these irrational rules and like yeah. getting kicked out of class. Like you can't ask. I remember like, you know, I remember being kicked out of class and somebody's like, "Take off your hat." And I'm like, "But this dude has a hat on." Like and you're not talking to him. So like, and then I got in trouble for like talking back to the teacher when I was just pointing out her. Yeah. hypocrisy and to me that should be fair game i just remember like anytime there was like a dispute it was like it was always assumed that i was wrong and i didn't have any point you know any any valid point even if i was genuinely being mistreated sure some of the times i was you know being a dick but like as you're saying like obedience is paramount in, in most school environments mm-hmm. you know unless you can afford to like go to a Waldorf private school where they have a completely different approach to education and it's outdoors and it's individual and it's like what's best for the child's developing brain at each stage. I think some of those alternative education uh, facilities are interesting, but for the most part, like (sighs) a lot of like, it just really, you can't have a school without like high levels of obedience. You know, it just works out better for the teachers, for the administrators, Mm -hmm. for the state, for everything, you know, um, and I hope that if I ever have kids, I, I am fortunate enough to like have a more individual approach, you know, that like that benefits the individual kid rather than teaching them that like, you know, following rules is the most important thing. If they don't, there's going to be huge, you know, getting kicked out of school and your permanent record is going to be, and you're not going to get into college. Like I hope to be able to impart on them. Like all that's pretty much bullshit. And there is a track that involves excelling in high school and college but you could start your own business or just be really like if you're really good at something anything almost like you could be the best fucking balloon animal folder in the world and you get paid you know what i mean like if if you're just the best of the best at something that you do there's no way that you can't make a living at it you know Mm. it's but a, a lot of jobs just require that similar sort of like obedience to a manager Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, when I was in high school, um, some I don't remember what the fuck the reason was, but I was pretty much walking into class and some some kid named Steven at that time, he just shoved me down like I was like, I, I sat down at my desk and he shoved me in my desk down. Uh, and I didn't even do shit. I was a pussy back then. I had no spine compared to how I do now. Now I don't give a fuck. But yeah. but I pretty much just picked up my desk and sat back down. And then next thing you know, like the next period that I was in, I I got suspended. I'm like, I literally did not say a word. I sat yeah. down. I'm like, I yeah. don't fucking understand. I did nothing, you know. Um, yeah. and I don't even think I uh, I don't even think I did anything to provoke him. I think his girl just talked to me, and I think he was just like some jealous, insecure dude. I was right. Like, yeah. I was like, yeah. So like that. The- I think I think stories like that are pretty common where you go, 
I was the victim of an assault. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, but but there's some zero, like no fighting. And it's like, you, you wouldn't even take the time to like listen to the story. It's just easier on their part to suspend both of you and not, you know, actually figure it out. But like, that's bullshit. And it's a great microcosm of like the entire irrational, um, from the individual's perspective, the mm. irrational treatment um, by the school because you just, you don't really have, you know, a say in what you do mm. to a large degree. So, but I would, you know, I do, I do think sports are beneficial. I think like learning how to um, compete in a healthy way, I, like, like be a, a team, but a team, like you can always quit sports. You can't quit school. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, for most, like it's, it's, it's illegal <laughs> to be truant. So I think there's this idea of like with, with sports, like you have to make the conscious decision to show up every day and not quit. Um, but it is optional and <clears throat> it should be ultimately something you enjoy and get gratification out because you, get better and perform at something um and you know i think that's a great like experience for young people to go through and just even like learning how to handle defeat is something that like many people go throughout life without knowing you yeah. know um so how often do you think about having kids is that like has that been like on your thought recently or anything like that oh uh, yeah i do you know there was a point in my life where i thought that i would never do that but um mm -hmm. i think it would yeah, as I grow more confident as a man and like confident in my ability to like set a good example, I think mm -hmm. would be one way to put it. Um, I do think about that. I think it would be very like satisfying to raise children and just, yeah, having more confidence that um, I could provide for them, that I could set a good example, that I could be a uh, committed, you know, present father. Um, those kind of things all go into the equation because I also I'm discovering more as I like as people kind of discover me online and come to me for advice and guidance I realize that I am somebody who people you know will, will seek out and kind of look to to model certain things and I've found that that's gratifying like having somebody be like hey man I like what you're doing can you help me um I'm not annoyed by it I think it's great and i and i want to continue to spread that you know my particular message um which you know happens to be maybe more centered on like fitness but i think that's sort of foundational it's like if you can get your body together and your diet and your, your workouts you're going to be happier and maybe like build on that hierarchy to mm -hmm. uh, ultimately self-actualize and fulfill your best vision of yourself mm -hmm. you know so it's not like i'm not necessarily people will ask about like how do i get into acting and stuff like that but um, I think foundationally, it's like, if you can get your, you know, like when you're on point with your diet and exercise, you're happy, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel yeah, like, so, although it might be tedious, I feel happy. I feel like I'm on, I'm, I'm on the right path. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I feel like when I have all that shit together, I feel like I can do anything I want. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I'm at my worst when I'm not, I just feel like more anxiety, more depression, more, um, hopelessness is one way to put it, you know, where you like mm -hmm. more pointlessness. Yeah. Um, but I feel like starting with exercise and movement and, and just being healthy gives my life or uh, opens the opportunity um, to see my life as something that is potentially full of meaning and purpose mm -hmm. versus the opposite <laughs> when you feel yeah. like shit up here, you know? Yeah. When, so, when did you become um, more confident um, as a man? Because uh, that's something that I'm still striving to be. I, I feel like I'm the most confident I've been my whole life, but I also don't think I'm done being as confident as I can be either. Um, so yeah. I think that's a journey for myself. Well, cause all well, my whole life I've always been the fat kid. Like 
my metabolism yeah. in ass, bro. Like when I was 11 yeah. or 12, I weighed 250. Like it was horrible. Yeah. You know what? This is actually the second time I've lost that weight. I, w- I went from 250 to like 150 and then I regained yeah. that motherfucker up again. And then this is like the second time I've gone through that bullshit obstacle. Yeah. yeah. Well, how old are you? Uh, I'm 26. Although I look like I'm probably like 21 yeah. or 22. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I would say that, um, a lot of men, it seems to be like when you look at, you know, again, I think when I was your age, like you're around, like even girls in their early twenties, like they tend to be more interested in guys in their thirties. And I think like a big part of it is like that, just like, as you build life experience, as you build confidence mm-hmm. and like what you're doing now, like, yeah, I wouldn't, I would say you're probably not as most guys who are 26 aren't like fully self-actualized. And there's just certain things along that path of like, <clears throat> learning how to manage your emotions mm-hmm. to be unbothered by things like even like people like, you know, cause people just like talk shit to me online, not all the time, but it's like, I just like my way of dealing with it now is just, it doesn't take up any extra mental space yeah. um, thing that like would fuck with me when I was younger. Don't fuck with me anymore. And I yeah. think that just like has to come through experience and time. But I also think like the things that you're doing right now, like the mastery of all these little areas of your life, such as, diet and exercise which i would consider a foundational thing like 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 jordan peterson you know in his rules of life where he's mainly like i like uh, you know i love peterson his his politics yeah are a different discussion Mm -hmm. um and i like to separate that from like you you know you can his political beliefs are a separate discussion um and i like certain things he says and and certain things i don't like as much but with regards to like his self-help and his psychological analysis um, you know, his work as a psychologist or how he uses that to, to help young men, I think it's great. Um, and just to reference one of his roles where he's like, clean your room. The reason I think that's resonates with so many people is that like, it's, it's mastery over your own space, kind of like fitness is mastery over your own body. Mm-hmm. You want to look a certain way. Um, I know when I look the way that I want to, like, how could you not be more confident? You know what I yeah. mean? And so I think that's a very real thing. It's hard to like, it's funny because people will be like, you know, the generic like advice for women, for a guy is like, well, just, you have to be more confident. <laughs> you can't just like flip a switch and be more confident. You know, you okay. can pretend to be more confident. Yeah. Cool. Be more confident. I think confident comes from doing things mm-hmm. like, like knowing that you're competent I think competency comes before confidence in many areas or like achieving your vision of yourself, right? When you were 250, you probably looked in the mirror and, and thought, I don't want to look like this, you know, right? I yeah. don't want to feel like this. And um, part of your journey to, to your highest level of confidence that you may feel is just you know, one of those things is, is obviously looking the way that you see yourself and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, I know that's, just one small area in which like i know women respond to me differently when i'm in amazing shape versus when i'm not and i've been both you know not that i've ever been like i don't have the genetics to be super fat i think but i'd like i know i've like i've seen pictures of myself when i'm like i didn't even realize it i'm just like oh i've been working you know whatever a a full-time job and kind of just put exercise and diet to the back burner Mm -hmm. and you can get like out of shape pretty quickly versus if i prioritize it and you know work out for a year and just get clothes that fit me well and all that stuff like people respond to you differently both men and women and i think that um gives you confidence to like 
one thing I was thinking about is expecting a positive outcome out of a social interaction. Like when people talk to you, like there used to be this, like when you're younger or maybe you're more insecure, you have this idea of like, oh, like maybe they're not going to like me or see like, you know, like you have more of a chip on your shoulder. They'll be like, I hope this person likes me. But as you get older and confident um, from doing more interactions, from knowing like that people look at you and see a certain thing. And, and if people are hating on you, it's because of their own bullshit. Like that's another like thing that I really have internalized is like, if somebody's going out of their way to hate on me, it 100% of the time has to do what's going on up in there, not what's going on outside here, you know? Um, so I can both dismiss those things more easily and know that if somebody's approaching me or, or I can approach somebody who I'm interested in talking to mm-hmm. and expect that people like me and expect that people are going to have a, a good interaction with me. And I think that just helps me so much with like wanting to be social or, you know, like, I don't know if I've had full social anxiety before, but like the experience that I hear people describe when they say they have social anxiety, which I think I've had like at least to some degree before mm-hmm. was like, you're not expecting a good outcome. You're expecting to be awkward. You're expecting to not be good in conversation. You're expecting to feel like, like nobody wants to talk to you or, or whatever it is, but you're like worried about negative outcomes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, interacting socially versus expecting positive outcomes, which I just feel like I, I expect positive outcomes before and then I get them, <laughs> you know, but it does come from a lot of, a lot of trial and error. And I just think that like, I think the narrative for most guys and the timeline for most guys involves as maybe you get into like your mid thirties, you really hit your stride, mm-hmm. you know, with women, with business, with all these different things that, um, but you're doing, you know, you're obviously playing the work in your twenties and not that you can't do amazing things in your twenties. I just think that, um, it seems to be that men sort of peak in that way because there's just, you know, the trials and tribulations that we're going through are, are different. And, um, you know, our, our sexual marketplace value, so to speak, mm-hmm. tends to peak in our 30s. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I, I think you're about, to be fine, you're about to be fine as fuck in your 30s. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you know what? I'm just stoked that, like, I look like so young at this age. Well, dude, I know so many people my age that, like, have, like, well, the same thing that happened to me is like they've bloated up, they've had kids, they look like they're 35 at my age. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. I am like, yeah. And I think yeah, that's you scary. Look great. So I know you're going to be like, you have nice skin, you have your hair, you have, you know, you're not for like all these things where exactly, you know, and that's kind of like, it's, I know you can't. Shit, you got it, perfect also, hair, like, dude. You got perfect hair. Uh, well, <laughs> but also, I did like, when I, the first time I ever noticed, like, oh shit, like, uh, you know, my hair is not as thick. I started taking finasteride. I started taking Rogaine. And I think guys should, do, there's also like these basic things that are like, take control of it. Don't just be a victim if you do start to notice yourself not going in the right direction, like, you know, you're bloated, well, stop drinking, you know what I mean? Or stop drinking sodas or alcohol or eating shitty and you will look better. A lot of people chalk it up to like, oh, I'm getting older, my metabolism's changing. It's like, no, you're eating like shit, not exercising. That's, you know, like, because you can be 40 or 50 and and be ripped, but it just requires maybe more discipline as you get older, more consistency. Um, How old are you? I would probably say like 35, 36, but I don't know. Yeah, very close. 30, 37. Okay. I was like, I was yeah. like, I can't tell if like you're really young or like uh, if you're like 40 or 45. I wasn't sure. So I'm like, I'm going to guess yeah. like. Yeah, because I have the, what throws people off is always like I have gray hair and, you know, yada, yada. Like, that's dope as fuck, even though. Just like, <laughs> like, that's really cool. I like cool. it. No, I'm, I, <laughs> what's funny is actually I'm like less insecure about my age now than I was like. I remember turning 30 and being like upset by it. Like, like oh, I'm 30 and I haven't done this or that. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I'm getting older and I'm no longer in my twenties and I remember kind of feeling a certain way about it. And now like, I'm like less scared to turn 40 than I was to turn 30, you know, yeah. um, part of that is confidencing. And part of that is just seeing like, Oh no, like women are still attracted to you or even like, like, and then you've got kind of get like younger men, um, looking up to you more coming to you for advice because you did, you just look like you've been through some shit. I don't know what it, yeah. you know, um, you, you look more manly, whatever. Um, and I enjoy that part of it too, because I do feel like, yeah, I have things to say, I have advice to give and, and, um, you know, a level of experience doing in certain realms of life that I can pass on and, and I'm happy to pass on. So I like kind of those relationships where you start to meet people who like, are putting themselves out there to even approach me and be like, Hey, I wanted help with this. And it feels good to be able to like, yeah, like I'm not a, a guru or anything on any subject, but I can point you in the right direction, mm-hmm. you know? And then it's satisfying to see like that person take that advice and, and then, yeah. you know, really take the reins and, and um, you know, I don't like, cause people always reach out to me like, Hey, will you train me? I'm like, well, first let's just discuss like, can I point you in the right direction? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to like, try to lock you into like paying me money every week to do training. If that's not what you really feel like you need, maybe you just need to like be told, you know, how many calories to eat every day or some basic advice that like could change your life, like how much protein to eat or, yeah. you know, give you a simple workout plan that I already have on my phone that I use and I could just forward it to you or whatever <laughs> instead of, you know, like, like I just, that's why I hate the fitness industry. So it's like, you know, buy this program, buy this thing. And, you're, make, you're making it overly complicated because you need to seem like the only way is overly complicated. Whereas my message is like, try the simple stuff first. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and again, I've arrived at that through trial and error. So part of me being in my thirties and, uh, you know, approaching 40 is like starting to even feel like I'm a grown up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Cause there are many years when I didn't feel like, and, and still being like silly, obviously. And like, um, dude, you're the funniest gorgeous. fucking follow on Instagram I have, bro. <laughs> I was like, dude, like, Thanks, after, like, I thought it was, like, maybe, like, a one-day thing. But after, like, a week, I was like, dude, this guy is the funniest fucking follow. <laughs> I was like, Thank hello. You. Yeah, it's 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 been fun to um, <clears throat> express myself more. Because there was a time where I was like, I didn't like to post a lot. And I just, yeah. like, I was kind of almost, like, hiding my personality. Yeah. Kind of, like, getting worried about, like, oh, I don't want to post, like, I don't want to give the wrong impression to whoever's following me or whatever, but mm-hmm. now it's like, it's also part of like letting it go and being like, this is what I think is funny and I'm going to express that to the world. And I think that's mm-hmm. a great analogy for a lot of things in life where it's like, I was acting out of fear before mm-hmm. and now I'm acting out of like expressing myself authentically, yeah. you know, which is like my little jokes or whatever I post um, becomes an expression of me. And then you connect more to people because like it invites them to then like, be authentic with you or express their sense of humor. So like Mm -hmm. I just, a lot of my, what I post on Instagram is like people messaging me in response to what I post and they're funny too, you know, and it genuinely makes me crack up. So like, I feel like that's, I'm learning that's, Oh, that's kind of how you create a community is like people who have your same sense of humor or some, something in common Mm -hmm. where there's a two way street, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not saying like, Oh, I'm the funniest person or, or whatever, but like I'm inviting people to be funny with me and be silly with me. Mm-hmm. you know um in our shared like language of of humor and i'm finding that's really fun for now you know and mm-hmm. some people will be like you're using the joke too much like shape haters and shake my head i'm like man i don't give a fuck what you think yeah. like it is going to be funny until it's not funny to me and yeah. as long as it's still funny to me i'm going to keep doing it and the moment it stops being funny i'll stop you know yeah. 
but from from my perspective, not anyone else. So you can't like shame me and be like, you're using that joke too much. Yeah. It's like I don't know. It's still you know yeah. something's gonna be funny to me until it's not. Yeah, so. you know what the funny <laughs> thing is about like the haters, the 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 whole uh, I guess like the, the when you go on Apple Podcasts, the first saying that I have for um for it is the feeling of being offended is a warning indicator that it is showing you where to look within yourself for unresolved issues. So for people that like maybe attacking you, that's like one of my favorite quotes. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, if you're attacking yeah. somebody, that shows where your weakness lies within you. And I'm just like, yeah. so that's one thing that I've realized, yeah. like for me, like I love, I don't take things personally anymore. And if I do, cause sometimes I do, but like, that's when I just keep it in check and I just let it go. Like I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent, but like, higher than i ever have in my life and that's a that's a that's a thing that like i like about myself now yeah it's a great trajectory to be on to um because that would be the first step is like consciously realizing where that comes from and um you know realizing that like this isn't a reflection of you even though it's very tempting to believe that and um you know, yeah, I just had somebody yesterday trying to like like get into an argument with me and again like yeah. sometimes I just shouldn't even engage with people, but they're like when people come on my page and they like don't even like any of my photos or like follow me and then like are also like making some dumbass joke like you look like Chewbacca and it's like like I like if that was an original comment, but I like like Brendan Shaw posted the picture of me and it was like you literally see like eighty guys being like, Oh, it's Chewbacca, 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 Steven yeah. Tyler, Steven Tyler, Steven Tyler, fuck like the same like four jokes like repeated yeah. over and over again and it's like it's not offensive. It's more offensive that like you didn't like look up and down and see like that somebody else post. You know what I mean? Whenever yeah. you like post a joke, you're like, if somebody else had already posted it, I'm not gonna post this. So anyway, do you want to take on a different tone if somebody's like not following you and then they're like also trying to like make some dumb joke about your appearance? And I just like all I said back was like, oh, I bet you thought that was an original joke too. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. Something yeah. like that. And then but they they can't let it go, so they're engaging with you, and it like escalates to the point where they're like you don't have any fucking talent. You'll never make it. And they're just going so hard on you. And it's like, okay, like, yeah. sounds good. Like, um, now it helps that I could be like, yeah, I'm a, like a, a regular on a TV show. I have like three commercials out right now. Like, you know, where it's like, I, mm -hmm. that's my version of not like making it, but like, I know I'm not like terrible at what I do. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but people will come at you like just trying to like, they don't know how feckless it is, but like they're trying to undermine your whole existence and trying to tell you that you're not good at anything. Mm -hmm. But like, I would never go on a stranger's page and start saying shit like that um, because I actually like myself. <laughs> yeah. You know, but this person was like, like telling, trying to tell me that I hate myself. And I'm like, uh, I think that means that you hate yourself. And yeah. like, it's, it's, it's a, you know, it sounds like, well, no, you. But like, yeah. it does often when somebody's like expressing, um, again, not talking about you, like, be critical. You know, I'm open to critical feedback, but like, if you're seeking me out and coming to my page and trying to tell me like, whatever, a number of things, mm -hmm. usually it's based on my appearance because I challenge people to like, listen to me on a podcast or listen to me speak and, and tell me that, you know, you think I'm a stupid douchey moron or whatever, like, you know, I don't think I'm that at all. And maybe you're misinterpreting the kind of humor that I'm putting on my page because I don't take myself seriously. Mm -hmm. um, and I do invite people to make fun of me. It's just like, be original, yeah. you know, like yeah. at least, at least be funny. And if you're not, I'll make fun of you back, especially if you're like not even a follower, you know what I mean? Or it's yeah. like all these things where it's like, come on, bro, you're not a fan. Like you are just a hater when yeah. you're coming on and trying to just shit on me. And then like calling me angry because I told you it's not an original joke. You know, that's what people always do. You, you sound angry, dude. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, 
my heart rate is 60 <laughs> right now. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's the pre-workout yeah. or the fucking. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess. Um, no, oh no, I mean like I'm I'm calm. Like I'm not like if I was you know like when you get really angry, your yeah. heart's racing. It's like I just I like I wish you could come here and like see how flat my ass is because yeah. I'm, just, I'm not some kid who flies off the handle with internet comments. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> I I, th- I think it's a good thing that you don't react to them. I mean, me personally, if I were to get something like that, like I, I usually just try to embrace it. I'm like, I don't give like. So like recently, I've been like, I've been posting a lot of like things. Like I do not give a shit. Like I, I have like um, I have two different Instagrams account. One that I'm literally only just posting on reels, and then the one that um, yeah. the one that I message you on, I guess. But the yeah. that other, that one, um, the one that I've been posting a bunch of funny shit is like it's been getting a lot more engagement, like about ten times more engagement than my main account has. And it's just like it's yeah. it's like triggering everyone. Like people will just call me like a crackhead, or, or uh, they're like, "This guy's doing fucking." I've seen a lot of motherfuckers on the street. This guy's doing this and that, and I'm just like, "Yep." Like I yeah. just embrace. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah, dude, it's weird. I, I this account doesn't even have that many follows, and I've already gotten like it's not that much, but I think I've gotten like about like thirty thousand, forty thousand impressions with only like two hundred followers. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, right. yeah, I'm just like, yeah, this is pretty it's cool. cool. And it's interesting, like stumbling across that. You're like, oh, this is what you know excites people and when it overlaps with like what's fun for you that's amazing i I keep doing this i keep i can keep like expressing myself authentically in this way and and and, uh you know i think that's everybody's dream on social media is like to kind of figure out that little that thing that you can keep doing Mm -hmm. that does something to people that Mm -hmm. that gets them to react and you know uh, i think you're not doing it from a negative place of like i'm just trying to troll people like even though they it does inspire like yeah (laughs) because especially with humor obviously it's gonna you know invite criticism and people telling you you're not funny or you're crazy or something like that yeah but um like the most recent one i posted was what the fuck is it I was like, when she cheated on me, I took her Alzheimer's-diagnosed mom from the nursing home and took her to a bridge and told her she could fly. And that one just, like, popped. <laughs> like, a bunch of stupid shit well, like it's, that. It's, it's funny because it's like, like, people do look for reasons to get offended at humor yeah. when it's like, that is a made-up scenario. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Um, like, Anthony Jeselnik's one of my favorite comedians, and his humor is super dark like that. It's all dark one-liners. Um, you know, like, he'll say, I'm... I've spent the last two years looking for my girlfriend's killer, but nobody will do it. That makes sense. I'm retarded. It probably it probably makes sense. No, 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 no. Let me say. Look, okay. okay. Ready? I've spent the last two years searching for my girlfriend's killer, but nobody will do it. I am so stupid. I'm guessing it's him though, oh, no, right? No, no. Let me explain it to you. Okay. No, he's he's the first part of the sentence is saying I've acting as if. Uh, He's searching for somebody who's already killed his girlfriend, but the reveal is that he's searching for somebody to do it in the future. Oh, that's right. advanced dark humor. <laughs> I don't know yeah. about you, but I I um, love humor like that. My my favorite comedian is yeah, Tim Dillon. Tim, Tim Dillon is the shit. Yeah, I love Tim Dillon. Yeah. Um, amazing characters, and also just you know, like I just yeah, I think he's one of the best in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite bits of his is like the when he breaks down the ice cream that people eat, you know, like what, what Briars is for, and like <laughs> each person's like stereotype of what ice cream they eat. Um, I think he's incredible. But yeah, like the Anthony Deslanik thing just reminded me of like, you know, it's dark, but you're meant to laugh at it. He didn't kill his girlfriend. And you're, yeah. if you're, if you're acting like you're offended by that, like because what, you know, somebody who's like been murdered, I don't know what, but it's like, this is an imaginary scenario and you have to be able to like separate that from, you know, somebody mm-hmm. making light of a real life scenario 
You're not going, ha, 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 this woman fell off a bridge who had dementia. I think that's funny. You're not doing that. You're saying an imaginary thing. And I do think the ability to appreciate dark humor, like they've done studies on it. Mm-hmm. You have to have a certain level of intelligence to even appreciate dark humor mm-hmm. um, and kind of separate the abstract from the real life, yes. right? So, so not everybody can appreciate that, and a certain percentage of people are going to feel like the discomfort that that, that they feel mm-hmm. um, and the cognitive dissonance of like, oh, I, like maybe they can even like acknowledge that it is funny or it's a good reveal, but they don't like the fact that they feel like they're laughing at death or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is exactly, but I just know that it's an interesting like observation that that typically smart people are more into dark humor, mm-hmm. you know, or you have to have a certain like a, a certain preference for like abstract thinking or independent thinking, you know, mm-hmm. or, or or creativity, um, and and certain personality types are just what you're saying like going to tell you you're a bad person for posting a joke like that, and it's just like no, it's not it at all, you know, you don't yeah. get it, and that's fine. Just don't like go. <laughs> you yeah. Know? leave <laughs> that's fine we can go our separate ways but yeah i guess we can both say that like this world um is at least for the u.s overall like i guess let me let me rephrase that i guess people in california are a lot more sensitive than the rest of the world especially being in la how i guess being in that field since you you've been acting and you've been doing all this work how have you had to like kind of subdue like who you are because you'll potentially offend people or have you just been yourself and what has been the reaction to whichever way you've been? Uh, I think there is an element of like, especially for actors, like, Mm. um, and maybe comedians too, but comedians, you know, you're sort of more incentivized to have like an original perspective and Mm -hmm. say controversial things. As an actor, you are worried about offending people. Even like with what I do online, I Mm. sometimes think I'm like, oh, this is funny because like, you know, people who I, who I work for, who are executive producers of shows that have been on like follow me. And so I, I, I sh- wish I didn't have the thought, but sometimes you do go like, are these people like, whoa, Mark's like a weirdo and, and what, you know, yeah. different than, than I thought. Um, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope that they see this is all my, you know, anything I post is coming from a good place and a lighthearted yeah. place. And I don't mean to like belittle anyone, um, you know, that it's all in good fun. But yeah, you do have that concern. And I am just of the belief I'm a big, you know, free speech advocate, especially when it comes to humor, because I do think there's like, okay, do I think that, you know, like, should the government monitor like white supremacist or extremist like ideologies? I do think they should, because I think that stuff like that can lead to actual terrorism. Do I think you can ever like, um, you know, block or, or make illegal that type of communication? I don't think you can, but I do think like, there should be some like government monitoring of like of, of behaviors and, and and ideologies that that we've known historically have led to um, violence, you know, or, or mass murder or something like that. When it comes to humor, for example, I think like my philosophy is you can joke about anything, any topic that you can come up right now, yeah. whether it's cancer or rape or fucking murder or like the darkest topics in the yeah. world, you can joke on right oh my god it should be funny though i'm gonna interrupt you really quick i i do so you know how i said normally i don't give a fuck about people's opinions ah i i I guess i had an exception yesterday i didn't post it on twitter but i was like i was like i'm trying to have a leg day so fucking hardcore that i walk out like stephen hawking on that wheelchair 
and but like I pussied uh-huh. out, and I was like, "Fuck, I should have just done it." I am a bitch. I'm sorry. Yeah, go. yeah, but you, but you, it's in, you're in your head because you go, "I don't like." The goal is not to offend any individual. Yeah, you know what I mean. But as, you tell you what, it's not going to be the guy in a wheelchair who gets offended. It's going to be somebody who gets offended on his behalf, and they think, you know, they get something out of virtue signaling mm-hmm. to the world if you post that joke publicly and they attack you publicly because that's always what it is. It's like. You know, I remember Anthony Jeselnik talked about this joke that he did that, like, actually, he lost his Comedy Central show over, um, that was, like, on the day of the Boston Marathon bombing. Fuck. He tweeted out, um, some lines shouldn't be crossed. Today, that line is the finish line. <laughs> now, that's, that's not a joke. It's very dark, but really, it's, he goes, I'm not, like, the people who are in the hospital aren't reading that, like, getting offended. It's you people on Twitter we're reading that and getting offended. Yeah. And notice, if you really look at the grammar of the joke, it's not attacking anybody, mm-hmm. saying, ha-ha, you got bombed. He actually said, you shouldn't cross the finish line today. Yeah. And the cleverness comes from saying, like, like everybody telling him, don't, we know you're going to tweet out something nasty about the Boston or like a joke about it. Don't cross that line. And mm-hmm. so he starts off with, some lines shouldn't be crossed. Today, that was a finish line. It's clever, right? The cleverness. It is clever. It supersedes the darkness and uh, the any like you know like so to me it's like the number one thing has to be it's clever. Mm. Then beyond that, use whatever ingredients you want. But to me, like the standout quality of that joke is the cleverness and the wordplay and double entendre. Um, and so, to me, that like you can get a pass with almost anything as long as there's a cleverness to it. But if it's not clever and it's just sort of like mean spirited or punching down or like. You know, just making fun of a persecuted minority group for the sake of it. You know, it's like then it kind of gets into this like, sure, you can do that, but should you? And what does it reflect on you that you find that funny? You know, but like, you know, I just think humor always works if you're like punching up towards power structures or you're punching like to me, like that is a punch on Anthony Jeselnik's part towards people who would try to silence him. It's not an attack on the people who were victims of the bombing. It's an attack on people who try to tell him, you shouldn't cross the line. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, yeah? Here, how about that line? Nobody in the hospital saw it, right? But yeah. everybody on Twitter freaked out because it's a, oh, you can't do that. But it was funny. Mm-hmm. So it worked. you know. And I just think you can, you can do that about any topic, any dark event. If it's clever enough, that's what we should be applauding and focusing on, mm-hmm. you know. I agree. I mean, <laughs> let, let me just say this. I mean, you're very articulate, well thought out, funny, and you have a shit ton of substance. You have a lot of thoughts that you've formulated on your own. I, I like. I know this might be like maybe not even on top of your head because I know you can do it whenever you want. But have you thought about being like a comedian or anything like that? Because I feel like you have really strong potential for that. Like, honest to God. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I you know, I, I actually did start out in stand up, um, mm-hmm. and I regretfully got away from it when I moved to LA because I was taking like screenwriting classes and uh-huh. working during the day. And, and I have done, you know, like most of the acting that I do is comedic, but it is a dream of mine to get back into Santa. So I think, <laughs> I think you, I think you would fucking nail it. I think, um, I guess, um, well, let me ask you this as well. Have you thought about maybe like maybe doing like a separate like Instagram account kind of like, well, you already have the audience, but like, I guess for like reels and like TikTok and stuff like that, have you thought about doing that to like, gain exposure because that's what i've been doing um i'm not really for comedy well i have been posting like comedy like clips i guess but like i'm not doing comedy like yeah. stand up itself but 
um, I think that's what's been bumping up my freaking podcast because I just started this and like oh, all the impressions that I've been getting like week over week, like it just I don't know I don't know what the fuck happened. Well, I guess I'm grinding too. I'm trying to do my goal is 25 episodes or podcasts a month. Like I'm like going hard. Wow. Yeah, I'm going fucking yeah. hard. Um, no, that's awesome. And yes, and I do think that's a good model because I think ultimately from from like what works best is like mm-hmm. when people know what to expect. So for a while, I didn't really know how to use my Instagram. Like mm-hmm. people would follow me because I was on, you know, show with Fifty Cent, and and people would like kind of filter or they see, find out me from this or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, I didn't have a clear expectation of what I'm bringing to you on my Instagram page. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a mismatch of like here's some funny stuff sometimes, and here's me doing this and that. But like mm-hmm. when people really know what to expect, it filters them towards like you're going to engage more mm-hmm. or leave. If you don't like what I'm doing, that's fine. But like for every person that leaves, you're going to get 10 more followers mm-hmm. who are into what you're doing when you really dial it in. And uh, I think it's a great idea as far as like making it like, you know what you're getting. This is a meme page or this is like me doing my funny jokes, whatever. I do think that's kind of like a good uh, approach to social media is like mm-hmm. be very clear that this is this kind of page. Mm-hmm. And the more it's unclear, I just think people are more likely to be like, huh, like what happened to the fitness stuff or what happened to the memes or what happened to the jokes, you know? Um, And the more you can dial it in, it's just, then you know how to market yourself. You know that like if somebody likes your page, maybe they have friends who like your page or somebody like that demographic is going to, Mm -hmm. you know, want to see the same thing. So I think like that's the optimal strategy. Mm -hmm. You know, am I going to implement that today? Probably not, but in the future. Yeah. (laughs) No, because I've been doing something to think about. Yeah, definitely. Cause like if with, with my main account, like I, I post like what I normally post, and then I have a separate one where it's like it's all like comedy, but that just to like increase my reach to other people. Cause I don't know what the fuck's happened, but I went from I don't know what like zero reviews to I think I have, I have a hundred and fifty five reviews now on my podcast, and I I shot up from like nothing to number twenty. That's great. To number twenty, I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Like I don't fucking. That's amazing. Yeah, and I'm like I don't even have that big of a reach, but I guess. Cause I'm posting, like I said, on Instagram, on TikTok, and then like pretty much Twitter as well. Like I'm reaching out to as many yeah. audiences as I can, and I think that's been helping me. But like I, th- I it's been getting a lot more traction than I thought. But uh, do you use Clubhouse? No, I would like to get on there. I'll um, send you an invite. Well. I'll send you an invite. Well, actually, I did set up an account. I just okay. haven't like. Because, again, all these things, I'm like, I don't know exactly how to use it. Uh-huh. But, like, now I'm figuring out, like, you know, I, I am slowly kind of piecing yeah. it together. Even as I'm, like, doing other people's podcasts, I'm yeah. realizing, like, yes, I could actually – I enjoy talking. It's yeah. easy um, to have these kind of conversations or, or, like, it's energizing for me um, to discuss things. And it's a format that I feel like I could do this every day. I could mm-hmm. do an episode every day. And it wouldn't, mm-hmm. like – it would energize me rather than tax me. And I, f- mm-hmm. I feel like you could, there's a lot of different places we can go even in this episode. Um, I do have to go train somebody right now. Awesome. But um, – you know, so walk. I gotta walk on the door like a minute. No, but worries. I just want to say thank you so much for having me on, and I really enjoyed our conversation. And I'm down to come back anytime you want to have me. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. I hope you have a good sesh. You were fucking amazing. Where can people go ahead and follow you? Uh, at Hella Mark Harley, H E L A M A R K H A R L E Y on Instagram and Twitter. And I don't use my TikTok as much now, but well, in the future, it's the same everywhere. So. <laughs> Awesome, man. Awesome. I'll make sure to put that in the description for the podcast. Again, you were amazing, man. Thank you so much. I'll I'll reach out. Well, I'll try to get you on some of the time because I think you're my favorite guest I've had so far. So I appreciate you. Wow. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And yeah, there's a lot more, you know, topics we can we can talk about for sure. Awesome, man. All right. See you later, man. Yeah. All right. Bye. Take care. Peace.